0: volume one chapter seven of the rebel rose by justin mccarthy and rosa campbell praed this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seven tommy tressel the selected guests the initiated ones the guests of this night's second circle were settling down to the table madame spinola sat at the head her husband who scarcely ever spoke to anyone, took the other end there were only three women madame spinola mrs rivers and a clever eccentric woman of fashion lady cora mallory who went in for amusing herself in life went wherever she pleased and did not care what people said of her she was a widow she was only thirty years old she had just enough money to live pleasantly and she found the ordinary society of the season dull bellarmin came down to supper and tressel and bingley and colonel towers and some others Colonel Towers was a man who lived happily and proudly on the reputation of being managing diplomatist and secret wire-puller to the inner circle of the conservative party, at present the party in office. He had been for some time in the House of Commons, and he had never spoken there. Some people believed in Towers and his confidential relations with the Tory chiefs. Others, and they formed the majority, did not tressel always affected a profound belief in him you asked tressel what he was going to make a row with me for madame spinola Bellerman said as they were sitting down oh yes yes mr tressel tommy tressel what were you going to blow up mr Bellerman? for it's this do you know that they counted me at least they counted one of my supporters on his great motion tuesday night and you promised me long ago the support of your whole progressive priggism party ain't that what you call it you promised me that the whole five of the progressive prigs yourself included would be in their places to support my man as i couldn't be there myself it was a favorite joke of trestle's to assume that the progressive democrats only numbered five a favorite retaliation of Bellarmin's to talk as if they numbered hundreds you outrageous humbug Bellarmin promptly replied do you pretend to forget that the bargain was conditional i promised you all the influence i could bring to bear on the progressive tory party to get some small proportion of them fifty or sixty let us say to keep a house for your man on condition that he let us go to a division the moment he had fired off his own speech we couldn't stand having the thing argued by solemn blockheads on both sides of the house i can stand you tressel on the expediency of extinguishing all our embassies and legations abroad, and it amuses me to hear the anecdotes and the bits of scandal about the pompous old ambassadors and the wives of the secretaries of legation. That sort of thing, my good fellow, is amusing enough, but I can't stand hearing it argued out. Why didn't you get your fellows to hold their tongues? I don't believe you ever showed up at all better employed up in the ladies gallery that was about it wasn't it or out on the terrace if you had been in the house you'd have seen there were lots of fellows on both sides dying to show that they had traveled and each of them wanted to drag in his imaginary experiences of some particular court or capital it wasn't that they wanted to argue the thing they didn't care a bit more about the right or wrong of it than you do bellarmin or than you do trestle i have thrown my soul into it safest thing you could do with your soul if you can only manage to keep it there said bingley with a great jolly laugh at his own joke is that you bingley didn't see you before i know you have been trying a joke because you laughed and no one else did it was always a great thing when people could get bellarmin and tressel together at the supper table in count spinola's house THE TWO chaffed EACH OTHER UNENDINGLY, AND THE ANIMATED RAPIDITY OF THE ONE MAN SET CURIOUSLY OFF THE languorous SLOWNESS OF THE OTHER. ODDEST THING IN THE WORLD, Trestle observed. THE HOUSE OF COMMONS WILL NEVER TAKE EITHER BELLAMON OR ME AT OUR WORD. I SAY THAT I AM A SERIOUS POLITICIAN, AND THEY WON'T BELIEVE THAT I AM. HE SAYS THAT HE IS NOT A SERIOUS POLITICIAN, AND THEY ARE FIRMLY CONVINCED THAT HE IS what do you think about mr bellarmin's seriousness the hostess asked do tell us pray bellarmin won't mind will you bellarmin there were occasions when the countess spinola's manner to men and her way of speaking generally did suggest that after all there might be some truth in the story that the pretty creature was the daughter of a washerwoman and had begun active life as an artist's model i shan't mind said bellarmin i'll tell him if he guesses right Now then, Tressel, oblige the company. I think Bellarmine is one of the most serious politicians in the House of Commons, the most serious, I should say, after myself, said Tressel, calmly taking a rosebud from a vase near him and fastening it into his buttonhole. He has been devoting himself for several years back with the most indomitable perseverance and energy to the task of finding out what his political opinions are the two women laughed in a somewhat puzzled manner and he has just this evening discovered that his political opinions are incompatible with allegiance to the reigning house continued tressel solemnly good gracious tommy tressel what do you mean asked madame spinola the age does well enough for commonplace people like you and me madame spinola but it's too crude and practical for a poetic creature like bellarmin said tressel gravely bellarmin has found that england is getting vulgarized by american republicanism and the almighty dollar and the liberty of the press and all that sort of thing don't you know bellarmin thinks that sentiment and chivalry are dying out and he can't get along without sentiment and chivalry bingley gave a hoarse guffaw quite right bingley you can't either well bellarmin intends to revive them by a revolution a new dynasty a queen whom he thinks one might die for with some feeling of satisfaction tower hill the block a declamation on the scaffold that's Bellarmin's form nowadays a new dynasty not really the block the scaffold cried mrs rivers in horrified accents oh mr Bellerman. Bellerman's sense of humor was not easily tickled this evening he saw nothing amusing in trestle's joking he seemed absorbed in the peeling of a peach, which he placed daintily on Madame Spinola's plate. Go on, she said to Tressel. It's you that are the rattle now. Mr. Bellarmine doesn't even condescend to answer you. How much of it is serious? Every bit of it, said Trestle. Don't you know, Madame Spinola, that there's a regular Jacobite faction in London? Lord Stonehenge is at the head of it. On my honor, I assure you. White cockades and all the rest of it only charlie over the water is a fascinating young woman got up after the mary Stuart pattern she was in the house this evening i'm told old greenleaf tumbled up to me on piccadilly half an hour ago in a state of intense excitement to tell me that he had been presented to her and he said that bellarmin was dangling at her skirts along the corridors instead of leading his five progressive prigs in the house by jove exclaimed bingley who had caught the name of mary stuart and turned from a whispered conversation with colonel towers it's the cheekiest thing i have heard of for a long time takes one's breath away don't it in a country like this where by jove we are all devoted to the reigning house and to every member of it i say we all know that you are bingley said tressel languidly you are quite a tame cat among the royalties ain't you now tressel himself had that reputation his radical opinions notwithstanding and bingley who had never been presented to a single member of the august family felt that the speech was barbed but suppose now tressel went on that the prince of wales was banished from the british dominions and had to take up his residence in say camden oneida county i wonder if you'd follow him there into exile everyone laughed except bingley who said emphatically i was talking to colonel towers about it and he quite agrees with me that something ought to be done i'm quite with towers there tressel gravely observed oh you too think that something ought to be done tressel i think that something ought to be done always and indeed i am of opinion that something is always done but in this particular instance bingley what is the emergency Well haven't you seen that thing in the park lane pictorial what thing the portrait of that audacious foreign woman you are talking about who presumes to call herself lawful queen of england no i haven't seen that said tressel now pretending unconsciousness what does it matter oh this must be your princess mr bellarmin mrs rivers whispered well it seems she is a miss beaton bingley began in an explanatory tone but you said she was a foreigner, so she is at least her mother was a foreigner, and she herself was brought up abroad. She is not a foreigner, Bellarmin interposed. She is an English lady, the daughter of an English nobleman. Mr. Bellarmin knows all about her, Mrs. Rivers said with a little malice in her tone. I have had the honour of being presented to Miss Beaton. I have the honour of her acquaintance. Look here, Bingley, my good fellow. I would not advise you to get into the way of talking disrespectfully of that young lady. She has a good many friends in England." "'But why does she call herself Queen of England?' Madame Spinola asked. "'I never heard of her calling herself Queen of England,' Bellarmine answered. Her friends say that she is the legitimate Queen of England, and so in that sense she is. Only for the act of settlement she would have as much right to be Queen of England as Lord Saxon we will have to be duke of athelstain when his father dies oh mr bellarmin you are talking treason lady cora exclaimed with a laugh this is quite delightful jacobitism in the nineteenth century the white cockade oh i like this seated at table as she was she broke into a rattling version of the famous jacobite song nor would anything stay her until she had finished her verse now then she said tell us all about our rightful queen i am only mentioning dry hard historical facts bellarmin said but his cheek was a little flushed for all that this lady claims to be the heiress of the stuarts and she is the heiress of the stuarts nothing on earth can alter that count spinola spoke for the first time she stems i suppose from henrietta maria duchess of orleans she does oh yes then it will be this way and he gave a full detailed account of mary's pedigree count spinola was a living moving almanac de gotha exactly bellarmin said there is the case if any one in his senses can deny that this lady is the heiress of the Stuarts, then all i can say is that he would deny anything bingley was chafing with impatience we don't care about that he exclaimed what we say is that the constitution of england has put the reigning family on the throne and any one who sets up a claim against them is a traitor and a rebel by jove and ought to be clapped into the tower or newgate and sent from there to the scaffold very good bingley very good indeed your sentiments do equal honour to your head and heart said tressel but then i knew what they would be of course knowing my friend bingley as well as i do i don't yet know what the park lane pictorial has been saying about this young and lovely creature she is lovely ain't she i haven't much curiosity on the subject of the stuart pedigree but i do feel some curiosity about that may i be allowed to know what she is like look at this said bingley handing him the paper the park lane pictorial was a journal of which Bellarmin had never to his recollection heard before it was now passed from hand to hand and eagerly studied by each possessor in turn so that it was some time before it reached bellarman when it got to him he found that it was a pretentious-looking society paper which published weekly portraits of distinguished and fashionable and beautiful women and the portrait in this number was that of mary beaton evidently taken from a photograph beneath the portrait was an inscription in latin setting forth mary's parentage and pedigree and declaring her the law for constituting the secession alone standing in the way, Queen of Great Britain and Ireland, defender of the faith. A short memoir accompanied the portrait. Bellarmine saw the whole thing with unspeakable dissatisfaction. It was most unlucky, he felt convinced. Its appearance was most untimely. It would set people against her. It would be assumed by those who did not know anything about her to be published with her authority and connivance. There was something about it which seemed to him utterly out of harmony with what he supposed were Mary Beaton's own feelings and temper. It was not of any political or personal responsibility on Mary's part that Bellarmine was thinking, but there was a vulgarity about such an appeal to publicity which he felt sure would be bitterly hurtful to her nature. As to her claims, Bellarmine did not suppose that anything could do much good or harm to them but he shuddered to think of what might be said in public and private about this ill-omened publication. Then he pulled himself up with almost a laugh at his own concern about a woman to whom he had spoken for the first time a little while before. "'Well, what do you think of that?' Bingley asked impatiently of Tressel? "'Simply a statement of fact, it seems to me.' "'Of course it's a mere statement of fact,' said Bellarmine. "'You see,' Trestle continued, "'all that this says is that—' except for the act of settlement this young lady would have a rightful claim to the throne of england but that's so ain't it and where is the crime in saying it but at such a time and in such a way to put out a portrait of this woman in their windows and a latin proclamation under it declaring her queen of great britain and ireland and defender of the faith why the publisher ought to be taken out and shot shot before his own door i must say interposed colonel towers i do think that you two men make far too little of this do you think they would stand this sort of thing in any other country such a thing might do some harm in a foreign country don't see how it could do any harm here tressel said dryly i don't know i am not by any means of your opinion i think i must talk to some of the chiefs about this these are strange times there is a great deal of restlessness everywhere suppose you put a question in the house about it towers tressel suggested with a keen glance at bellarmin nothing would have delighted tressel more than to see towers make a fool of himself i should hardly like to do that replied towers with a look of great solemnity at least not without taking advice in a manner getting authority it would hardly do in my case tressel of course i am not in office and a great shame too tressel interjected so we all say i can assure you i don't know tressel i don't know really these things are difficult to manage and there are so many men who want office you know and have to be conciliated i always make it a point when a ministry of our men is being formed i always make it a point to say to our chief lord bosworth never mind me never mind about me you know i would rather be out of office than in so far as personal feeling goes provide for the men who want office i'll work with you all the same you'll give me your confidence all the same and he does of course just the same tressel said i haven't the slightest doubt of that yes yes just the same but about this princess do make a row in the house about her towers do now the hostess appealed to him it would be such fun such capital fun and won't you get me a seat in the ladies gallery i should love to be there I think it is rather a matter for Tressel, Colonel Towers suggested. You see, Trestle goes in for being independent. He doesn't acknowledge any authority. He has no responsibility. Besides, you go in for out-and-out radicalism, Trestle, sort of disguised republicanism, isn't it? So it would come better from you, perhaps. You can't be supposed to have any sympathy with the sentiment of divine right. There, I can't quite agree with you, Towers. I go in for sentiment. I'm altogether a man of sentiment. Most of the company screamed with laughter at this announcement. Tressel went blandly on. I am a man of sentiment altogether. I am touched with the melancholy beauty of that hopeless claim, that lost cause, and then I am a slave to the charm of female loveliness. No, Towers, I can't do it. For you, on the contrary, I should think your duty was clear does she go to the house mrs rivers asked confidentially of bellarmin i believe she went there for the first time this evening will you take me down to see her oh please do my dear mrs rivers she is not on show and even if she were i am not her showman now i have made you angry oh yes i have i can see it but indeed mr bellarmin i meant nothing i am quite sure of that bellarmin said Anyhow, you will look into this thing, Towers, Bingley shouted. You won't let it drop out of sight. Mind, I reckon on you. If you don't, I'll get someone else. It shan't be allowed to pass unchallenged. I can tell you. End of Volume 1 Chapter 7